Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson where you get to ask questions and I try my best to answer them. Um as you can see, I'm in a different room. Let me give you a bigger picture of the room. I'm not quite done setting up yet but over the Christmas break, uh I moved all of my equipment to a new room. Uh I did a live stream yesterday and everything worked well uh and so far, it seems like everything is working well for this one as well. So, welcome to this live English lesson. Um I'm Bob the Canadian. If you did not know that, this is a lesson where you can ask me questions and then I try my best to answer them. Questions usually about the English language although sometimes people ask me questions about other things as well. I just wanna say welcome to everyone who's here. Welcome to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. By the way, Rod has a video coming out at 12.05 my time today in exactly an hour. You should go to his channel and watch it. I think you'll like it. Uh hi to Todd and Dave. Remember, please keep the chat in English. Use the chat to practice your own English and talk to other people. Uh and if you have a question, use the link that Todd or Dave will link and give to you. Let me just check to see if there are any questions. There usually are questions ready to go at this point. Let me get the first question on the screen. This might take me a little bit to remember how to do it. Um I do have to apologize to uh Dave the Canadian. Dave built a new question uh system for me but I'm not using it yet. I'm still using the old one. Dave will start using the new question system next week hopefully. Uh it'll work the same way for those of you uh who are using it but on my end, things will look a little bit different. Uh let's look at the first question though. First question is from Johan from Quebec. Hi, Bob. Do you say it wouldn't displease me if you come or if you came? So, first of all, um you probably wouldn't use the word displease. It's a common word in formal writing but we don't use it a lot when we're speaking. Um but I would probably say to someone if I'm talking about event, It wouldn't bother me if you came. That's probably what I would say. If I was going to the park and someone said, hey, would it bother you if I came with? I would say, no, it wouldn't bother me if you came. You could say, Johan, you could say it wouldn't displease me if you came um but it would sound a little formal. I would definitely go with if uh it wouldn't bother me if you came. If you came along, we might say that as well. It wouldn't bother me if you came along. Uh let's see here. Um Next question is from Ruslan. Ruslan has a question that maybe is from yesterday's lesson. Um by the way, yesterday we did this lesson. We did the bathroom lesson yesterday. If you wanna watch it later, uh it was a good lesson. Uh Ruslan is saying, hello, teacher Bob. It's nice to see you again. Thanks, Ruslan. It's nice to see you as well. Do the Canadian, so let me rephrase this. Do the Canadian construction workers make waterproof flooring in bathrooms? and kitchens in apartments. Best wishes, sir. Yes, generally the flooring is um some sort of product that's waterproof that will prevent water from going through. So, generally our bathrooms and our kitchens have what's called linoleum on the floor uh and that stops things from uh going through the floor. Um hey, just a reminder again, if you are joining us, please use the chat to have conversations. If you have a question, please use the link to the form to ask the question. It just keeps things a little more organized. Um I do see Nerala saying though, it's really nice to hear you and see you on my screen because it's very useful and helpful to hear your voice as well. Well, thanks Nerala. Thank you very much. 
Um, and then above that, Renee's asking, no, do you speak Spanish? I'm not sure who Renee's talking to but let me get back to the lesson. That's what I'm best at. Um, let's see with this one, Marianne. Can I use ones in someone's to refer to a thing? For example, I know someone's hmm. No, we would definitely say things like this. I know some movies are really scary. I know some movies are made for kids. Um, I know some of them are scary. I know some of them are made for kids. So, notice I could say I know some movies are made for kids and I could say I know some of them are made for kids. If I've already mentioned movies, then I can say of them. We wouldn't say ones though. We would definitely say some of them. Um I know some YouTube channels, some of them are really good at teaching English and some of them are really good at teaching other languages. Um Vito has the next question. Vito says, what is the meaning of tough love? Thanks, Bob. So, tough love is when you say no to your kids. If you are a parent and your kids ask for things and sometimes you say no, we would consider that tough love. If you give your kids everything, we would say that you are spoiling them but if sometimes when your children ask for things, you say no. Like, let's say you have children and one has a phone and it's only one year old and your child wants a new phone. You could as a parent say no and we would say that that's tough love. So, sometimes um when parents don't let their kids do everything they want to and when they don't give them everything they want, we say that that's tough love. Um it's the best way to raise kids by the way is to uh in my opinion, that would be my opinion. Uh let's see here. Annette from Quebec has the next question and Annette says, hi, Bob. I watched on TV how bad the pandemic is in southern Ontario. So, a few corrections there, Annette. Are you afraid of that? In that situation, is that situation going to change a lot for you? So, uh in Ontario, Canada, we had a thousand cases a day and then two thousand cases a day and then three thousand cases a day and now in my province, we have over three thousand new cases of COVID a day. Um the only thing that's changed for me, Annette, is that I'm teaching from home right now and I think I will be teaching from home for a very long time. I think that's going to be um somewhat permanent for another month or two. We'll see. Um we're supposed to teach again uh on the 25th of January but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um let me see here. Uh let me get to the next question. Chico says, What is the difference between delay and postpone, take part and participate? Do I need to learn synonyms? You need to learn synonyms so you can understand English. You don't have to learn synonyms to speak English. So, let me go back. If I was to delay this live stream, I could have said I'm gonna delay the start until one o'clock this afternoon. I could also say I'm going to postpone the start of the live stream. So, in those cases, they mean the same. Um, sometimes right now you are taking part in a live stream. You are participating. So, they are interchangeable. So, listen again to what I said. You don't need to know synonyms so you can use them when you speak because if you know one word, that's good enough but you do need to know them so you can understand what you are listening to. So, uh it's tricky. Um you do kind of need to know them at least for listening. Uh let's see here. Madi says, I read this sentence and didn't understand it. He sold the business lock, stock and barrel. 
So, the phrase lock, stock and barrel, it originally refers to probably a firearm but in this phrase what it means is that he sold the entire business. He sold every part of the business. So, let's imagine the business was a pizza restaurant, a pizzeria. That would mean that the owner sold the building. Um maybe they had a car for deliveries, all of the ovens, all of the ingredients in the cooler. He sold the business lock, stock and barrel. That means the person sold the entire business, every single aspect of it. It's a kind of a strange phrase but you will hear it from time to time. Um so, the next question, Frank, which is correct? Willing for or willing to? So, I am willing to do a live stream every week. I am willing to go for a walk every day. Um willing for, I'm trying to think if there's any. Yeah, I can't think of an example for that, Frank. Definitely willing to because it floats into the next verb, right? I'm willing to read every day. I'm willing to make YouTube videos for all of you. So, that is definitely uh the correct way to say it. Let's see. Um Brand has the next question. Brand says, just like I'd never gone here. Just like means as if instead of similar to. Just like I'd never gone. As if I yes, it means as if. So, just like in that sentence definitely means the same as as if. Absolutely correct. Um let's see here. Athanasios. Hi, Athanasios. I hope things are good in Greece. Hello, dear teacher Bob. How are you today? I'm good. How I have the word sportsmanlike for you. Thanks in advance. So, sportsmanlike is when you play a sport and you play it in a very honorable and noble way. It's it means you play a sport and you don't say bad things to the other team when you're playing against them. You don't swear on the field. When your team gets a foul, you don't complain. When you are sportsmanlike, you are just very honest and kind when you are playing a sport. If you are sportsmanlike, you would shake hands at the end of the game even if you lost. Um some of the things that are unsportsmanlike would be something like trash talk. So, trash talk is when you're playing a sport and you say mean things to the other players when you walk past them on the pitch or the field or the court. So, maybe as you walk by one of the players from the other team, you say something really mean about that person. That would be unsportsmanlike and we would call it trash talk. Great question by the way. So, how when says, have I think the question is, have you ever been to Finland? I have not. I would love to visit Finland and Norway and Denmark. It's one of the places in the world where I think I would like to go. Because they have really, really good winters there. So, I know you can go to northern Finland and northern Norway in the winter in those countries and you can stay at a resort. I would love to do that someday. I think it's on my um bucket list. Something I would like to do before I die. I would like to go to Finland. Uh let's see here. Uh let's see. I see Shot is asking in the chat, what slang words are often used in Canada? I will try to do a lesson on slang words in the future um but the first one I would say is when something's hard to do, we say it's tough sledding. That's definitely Canadian slang. Um let's see here. Robert Asensio says, why is it important for kids to learn English? So, Robert, I did correct your question there. Why is it important for kids to learn English? So, first of all, 
I don't think it's important for kids to learn English but I do think it's important for everyone to learn another language. I think that the solution to having a better world is for everyone to speak more than one language so that we can communicate better. I don't think English is necessarily the best language to learn. It certainly has a lot of advantages to learn English um but definitely I think it's important for everyone to learn more than one language because when you learn another language, you learn other things about that country or that place as well and I think it just makes the world a better place. Um hey, I do wanna give a shout out to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. He's in the chat. Hi, Rod. By the way, Rod has a video coming out right after this live stream on his channel. You should go watch it. I think I mentioned that earlier and I should say hi to a few people in the chat. Hi, Madi. Hi, Al. Hi, Sam, the Taiwanese. Good to see you guys there. I do see you over there. I see Brent from American English with this guy as well. By the way, Brent has been trying out some shorter videos on his YouTube channel where he teaches English. You should check those out as well. Um really cool stuff. Let's get back to the lesson though. Um Abby, what are your tips for having nice small talk? So, there's you don't need an ah in there. So, what are your tips for having nice small talk? Well, my tips are this. Be prepared. Um if Dave or Todd could find, I have a video called Bob the Canadian uh small talk. I I forget exactly but if you could find it and link it for Abby in the chat, that would be great. But basically, what I say is this. You should always be prepared to talk about current events like things that are happening in the world. You should be somewhat familiar with the sports in your area. You should be always ready to talk about the weather. Um there are a few things where you can be prepared for small talk and you should just do that. Um and then simple things like how was your weekend or just if you know something about someone else's life, asking about their life. How was your birthday party? How was your weekend? Those kinds of questions. Uh let me get to the next question. Kamal, hello teacher. How do we use the word ought? Well, you ought to use the word ought as often as you get um but I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's not a common word because we use should quite often. So, I could say something like this. Before you go on a trip, you ought to get gas. But I could also say before you go on a trip, you should buy gas, okay? Um before you drive uh your car on a long trip, you ought to take it to the garage and have it checked over. Before you take your car on a long trip, you should take your car to the garage and have the mechanic check it over. So, those are a few examples for you. Come on, hopefully that helps a little bit. Um Let's see here. Gonna skip the next question because it's a grammar question from Ina. So, sorry about that, Ina. I I will be making more videos on grammar but just a question that would take too long to answer. So, sorry about that. Um let's see. Thomas, can it be used? Ah in a coffee because an article is not used with incountable nouns but I have doubts. So, I need to have I every morning I drink a coffee. I have to have a coffee every morning. Um I do need to drink some coffee every morning. So, you'll see there I'm kind of flipping it around. So, every morning I make myself a cup of coffee. Every morning I have a coffee. People in Canada often go through the drive-thru to get a coffee on their way to work. You could also say people go through the drive-thru to get some coffee to buy some coffee but definitely we do say a coffee. Um and it refers to a single cup of coffee. So, 
hopefully that helped a little bit. Uh let's see here. Mike has the next question. Hi, Bob. Could you explain the words ransack and blow off steam? Thanks. So, sometimes this actually happened in the city close to me in Hamilton. There are stores that are closed and at night, people broke in and they stole things and they ransacked the store. That means they threw things on the floor and they took things out of the cupboards and basically, when you ransack a place, you're just making a mess while you're looking for something. Um and then to blow off steam um sometimes right now um kids in Ontario are all inside for their learning. So, they're all at home all day. Sometimes we we tell our youngest three kids to go outside and blow off some steam. So, when you blow off some steam, it means you do something physically active um to uh burn off some energy. Generally, we uh, do it with kids a lot. We say, hey, go outside and blow off some steam. Yeah, everything looks good. I look quite blue on the live stream. I'll have to work at adjusting the colors a little bit. Um I didn't realize that but I'm in a different room. So, I have I actually have a window in front of me now. So, I have natural light. Let me just try something here. That's probably too dark. That's pro well, let me stop fiddling with things and let's get back to the lesson. Uh by the way, I do wanna say hi to the 469 people watching. If you're new here, there is a subscribe button there. You should click it and if you haven't given me a thumbs up and you want to, please give me a thumbs up. Uh let's get back to the question. Um okay. So, here's a question. Uh Tar Yar says, hello, Bob. Have a good day. What's the difference between the form has been closed and the form had been closed? Thanks. So, I could say the store in my town has been closed since August. Okay. That means that it closed in August and it's still closed. If I said the store in my local town had been closed since August, it kind of implies that it's open now. Okay? So, if I say this, the um refrigerator has been running since the day we bought it. It means the fridge started running when I plugged it in and it's still running. The fridge has been running since the day we bought it. If I say the fridge had been running since the day we bought it, it kind of implies that it stopped working now. That it started working and it no longer is. So, I'll do a longer lesson uh on those two tenses uh, at some point in the future. Uh let's see here. Hi, teacher Bob. Please explain. Oh, this is from Irina by the way. Hi, teacher Bob. Please explain how to use the words lifeline and reportedly. Thank you. Best wishes from Ukraine. So, a lifeline is any time you do something to help somebody. So, let's say my brother lost his job and so, I gave him a thousand dollars. We would say that I I threw him a lifeline. Okay? Let's say that that's probably the best example. If someone lost their job in your family and the brothers and sisters gave that person money just to get by till they found a new job, we would say that's a lifeline. Um literally, uh literally it means Um I think if you're on a boat and you fall off, they'll throw you a rope and that rope is called a lifeline but we do use the phrase figuratively as well to refer to whenever you help somebody. Um and then when you say something, if you say reportedly when you're talking about something, it usually means you read it in the news. So, I could say there 
um you know reportedly there are over 3000 cases of covid in ontario today so that means i kind of read it in some sort of official newspaper or uh, got the information from somewhere official uh kismo next question hi teacher bob how often do canadians shower in the winter thanks so again kismo it kind of depends on your job i think because everyone's home now and can't go anywhere People are showering less but generally Canadians shower once a day. It's quite common for people who are teachers or lawyers to get up and shower in the morning and then go to work. It's quite common for people who work in factories or do construction work where they're gonna get kind of dirty during the day to have a shower when they get home before they have supper. So, generally uh, pretty common for Canadians to have a shower once a day. Let's see here. Um (laughs) I see the 26 alphabet letters in the English. Not a sufficient amount to praise the host. Thanks for that comment. Sorry, that one just caught my eye. Uh let's see here. Let's see. So, Yasin. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bobby. I haven't been called Bobby for a long time. Um Bobby is um the form of my name that you would use if I was a kid. So, thanks, Yasin. That made me smile. I hope you are doing great. Today, I have three questions. What does it mean if you pray on someone? Two, if you have a meltdown and three, if you have a breakdown. So, a couple of different things. If you pray for someone, it means that you are religious and you are when you are praying in your religion, you're going to pray on behalf of that person, okay? That is different from to pray on someone which is P-R-E-Y. It's a different verb. When you pray on someone, it means you take advantage of them. So, be very clear. I wanna be very clear here. P-R-A-Y means to pray. To kneel down and pray if you are religious. P-R-A-Y. So, you pray for someone. That means when you are in prayer during your religious ceremonies, you you mention that person in your prayer. Um but to pray on someone, P-R-E-Y, means to be mean and take advantage of them. Let's say when I was a kid, someone took my money every day at school. We would say that person was praying on me, okay? A meltdown is when you're so upset, you just get angry and annoyed and you're yelling. So, children will often have a meltdown when they're really tired. So, our children when they were younger, if we were driving home late, sometimes they would be so tired. Um they would just they would be angry and upset and crying. They would be having a meltdown. So, a lot of different emotions at once. A breakdown though is something a little more serious. When someone usually an adult, a teenager or an adult finds life very difficult, they can suffer a breakdown which means that they really need to get some help from a doctor. So, it's a mental breakdown. It's not a physical breakdown um, but a breakdown is when you just find it hard to go to school or do your job because life seems really, really tough. So, hopefully, all those made some sense, Yasin. Thanks for the questions. Let me check my time here. Oh, I should just do a quick audio check. Give me one second um and at the same time, I should say um hi to the 500 and 44 people watching. If you're new here, there is a subscribe button. You should click it. 
and then you'll get notified when I do a new lesson. Um let me see here. Let me get a little sip of water and then I'll answer Bilal's question. Let's see here. Sir, do they mean the same? All countries, the countries are beautiful. So, all countries are beautiful. The countries are beautiful. So, one refers to every country in the whole world. If I say we should all learn one extra language besides our um maternal language because all countries are beautiful and if we all learn another language, the world will be a better place. I'm talking about all the countries in the whole world. If you say the countries are beautiful, you're most likely talking about the countries in a certain area. So, I could say the countries in Europe are beautiful. The countries in South America are beautiful. All my friends in Brazil are cheering right now. All the countries, um all the countries in South America are beautiful. So, um be careful how you use them. So, all the countries, so all countries are beautiful refers to every country in the world. All countries are beautiful and if I say all the countries are beautiful, I should mention the part of the world I'm talking about. Like, all countries in Africa are beautiful. Let me get to the next question. Let's see. This is from Rod. So, Rod, the Brazilian English teacher says, how are you today, sir? I'm good, Rod. I wonder if we can use indeed and for sure in American Canadian English or one of them is more British. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. So, if I say indeed, if someone says the Raptors are a good basketball team, I could say indeed, they are a very good basketball team or I could say for sure, they are a very good basketball team. Indeed sounds a little more formal. I'm not sure, Rod, if it is more British to say indeed. Um but I am indeed thirsty so I will have a sip of water. Um it it sounds a little formal to me when I use indeed and then that makes me think it's a little more British. Even though British English isn't more formal, it does sound a little more uh formal to me. Um let's see here. Next question from Laura. So, Laura says, hi from France, teacher Bob. Hi, Laura. Um thank you for your English live. No problem. I have a question. What's the difference between I've got, I have and I've gotten? Thank you again. So, when we speak out loud, we sometimes mush together different ways of saying things. So, I could say, ah, I've gotten the flu or ah, I've got the flu or I have the flu. So, the flu is a type of sickness. I could say, oh, I've got a cold. I could say, oh, I've gotten a cold or I have a cold. They all refer to the fact that you have a cold. The I've gotten though is slightly referring to the the moment in the past when you got it, okay? So, if I say, oh, I've gotten a cold, it means I have a cold but I got it in the past. If I say, I've got a cold or I have a cold, I'm talking about right now and they are very much flipped around in informal English speech. Um so, you could say things like, you know, I got used to drinking just water. I've gotten used to drinking just water or I have gotten used to drinking water. That's a bad example. Don't go with that one. Go back with the one about the cold or the flu. Um that's probably a better example. Let's see. Um next question is from Katerina. Um Katerina from Ukraine says, good day, dear teacher Bob. Hi, Katerina. 
how must I say try to guess or without to? Uh, I know try to do something but sometimes here without to. Thank you. No, if if I told you a riddle, I would say try try to guess the answer, okay? You might say try and guess the answer but I would definitely say um you know, here's a riddle. What's red and white? No, that's I've already messed it up. What's black and white and red all over? Try to guess the answer or I might say try and guess the answer. I wouldn't say try guess the answer. That that just wouldn't work. Um I would definitely say try to guess or try and guess. Both of those in everyday English speech would definitely work. Uh let's see. Um just gonna check the chat for a sec. I'm curious people are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading about the indeed. Um people are talking about who says it. Someone from oh AJ Hoge says it. Sometimes says indeed. It it's an interesting word. Um by the way, within English, there are people sometimes choose to speak very casually or very formally um and everyone has their own unique style. Don't get too stressed about it. You'll be able to understand everyone. Um I would say that teacher Brent from American English with this guy and myself, we have a very day-to-day style of speaking English. A very normal everyday common way of speaking English. There are people who when they are very highly educated and maybe they're a professor, they might speak a little differently. Um we would describe them as being hoity-toity. Sometimes people speak in a very hoity-toity way. I have a couple relatives. I won't say who who maybe speak that way but if you are looking for common everyday regular old English, uh Brent from American English with this guy and myself, we we are probably your best bet for that kind of English. Just the normal old English. There's nothing hoity-toity about me. So, um I'm gonna skip Svyatoslav's question about the second and third conditional. I will be doing uh lessons on those grammar tenses. I do find it very hard to explain grammar tenses when I'm live. It's very tricky and I don't want to get it wrong. Hopefully, you understand that. Uh next question from Margarita. Um let me just adjust something here for one moment. Before I answer Margarita's question, there we go. So, Margarita's question is this five days straight or five days in a row or five straight days? You didn't add that but I added it. Which one is more commonly used? Thank you. So, before I answer Margarita, I did turn on members only chat right now for the next 10 minutes. If you are a member of the channel, if you clicked that join button at some point in the past and if your name is in green and you have a little crown, Uh, you can ask questions directly in the chat for the next 10 minutes. Thank you so much for being members. So, Margarita, um let's see. I went sledding for five days straight. I went sledding for five days in a row. I went sledding for five straight days. All of them are common. All of them you will hear, okay? So, you could say they played hockey for five days straight. They played hockey for five days in a row. They played hockey for five straight days. All of those work. You can flip them around and use them that way and they are all in my opinion as common as each other. None of those are more common. I have heard all of those probably even in the last couple of weeks because there was a hockey tournament which Canada lost. Still a little bit 
feeling a little bit bad about that. Uh, let me check the chat though. Corey J. Hi, dear teacher. Do you use personally the expression I've screwed up? In fact, I'd like to know if it's rude, sorry, or just a frequent slang. Is there another way to express the same idea? Merci. So, the soft way to say it is to say I messed up. Okay? So, if you do something wrong, like let's say I borrow my brother's car and I drive it into a tree. I would say to my brother, ah, I messed up. Okay? You could say I screwed up or I've screwed up. They can be used interchangeably. Um and it means the same thing. It is slang in a way and it is how would I say this? It's not swearing but it it's like a softer way of swearing. Okay? Because the real way to say it would be to say to use the F word which I'm not gonna use during the live stream. Um that's the way to to express that where you swear. But many people do say I screwed up. You will even hear people say this in a formal workplace. They'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I screwed up. And it really depends where you are. At my workplace, I can totally say I screwed up. Okay? Yeah. Um I'm not sure I would say it to my students. I think I would say I messed up. But but with colleagues who I know well, I would definitely use that phrase. And it just means you did something. You made a mistake. Uh Norma's talking to Brent. Uh sorry, my reply was cut off. No problem. Uh Julia Olise, hi dear teacher. What is the difference if I say can you help me and can you help me out? Which is more correct? Both are correct. Both are equally polite. You could say could you help me? Can you help me? Could you help me out? Can you help me out? All of those would be totally normal to say in English. Um Annette, Bob, you told us before Christmas you were going to teach grammar. On what day of the week will it be happening? So, Annette, I did one video uh on the present continuous uh a week and a half ago and I hope to do another English grammar lesson for this Tuesday. Um either an extension where I talk about the present continuous more or one of the other continuous tenses. I'm not sure yet. My plan is every other Tuesday video until I'm done will be some sort of verb tense grammar lesson. So, that's the plan. Uh let's see here. Sam the Taiwanese. Teacher Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How was your New Year's Eve? Do people celebrate the New Year countdown in Canada? So, yes. My New Year's Eve was very interesting though. So, everything is closed in Ontario, Canada but you can get food from restaurants if you call ahead and then go and pick it up. So, we thought it would be fun to order food for that evening. So, we were home with our kids. We didn't go to a party because it was forbidden. It was not allowed. Um and so, Jen and I, we ordered food in the morning and they said it would be ready at 8 p.m. So, we went to the restaurant at 8 p.m. to do what's called curbside pickup. So, you get your food They come out of the restaurant and give you your food. We went at 8 p.m. We called and they said it's not ready. It will be half an hour more and then we called and they said it's not ready. It will be an hour more and we got our food at 10 p.m. So, we waited two hours. Then we went home. We watched the ball drop in New York City on TV and then we jumped up and down and yelled happy new year. So, long story short, yes, it was a good night. Um let's see here. Let's see. Brent's talking to Norma. Awesome. Let me jump down. Hi, Bob. Is it easy to translate an English song lyric to French song lyrics? Thank you. It depends on the song. Songs that are very poetic, it's very difficult to translate from one language to another. Songs that just tell a story, 
it's very easy to translate um but sometimes it's just a challenge. Let's see here. Uh Slava, did you watch the hockey final of Canada and the US? A little bit. I was sad. We lost two nothing and we got silver. For Canadians, getting a silver medal in a hockey tournament is like losing the whole tournament. <laughs> I know it shouldn't be that way but it was a very sad day. Uh Semra, hello teacher. It's nice to watch you. Another live lesson. Which points are important for understanding English while in English conversation? Have an awesome weekend. So, one of the things that's very important when you're having an English conversation is to learn how to control the conversation a little bit. You need to be able to ask to ask someone to repeat themselves. You kind of want to ask questions as much as the other person because if you just let the other person control the conversation, you're at a disadvantage. But if it's shared, like if someone says, If you say, sorry, if someone says, how was your weekend? And you say, oh, my weekend was great. Jen and I went to, went for a nice walk with Oscar and then right away respond with, how was your weekend? It's just a better conversation. So, learn how to control in a nice way the conversations that you're having. Let me just check to make sure I didn't miss any chat here. Um I think I'm doing okay. Um Annette, yes, I watched it about present continuous. Thanks a lot, Bob. Awesome, Annette. Corey J, thanks, teacher. Could you tell me as well if there is a difference between under and underneath? So, we always lose the remote control. This is the remote control for my light. We always lose the remote control for our television and then it's usually underneath the coffee table. It's usually under the coffee table. So, in many situations, you can use both, okay? You know, he had to crawl under his car to fix the muffler. He had to crawl underneath his car to fix the muffler. Julia Lise, thank you. No problem, Julia. Uh Brent. Oh, no. You mentioned that game. I'm so glad you did. Yes. I formally congratulate Brent and his entire country for winning the World Junior Hockey Tournament uh this past week. Congratulations, Brent. Next year, I hope that we do a lot better. There. I've I've said it. I've officially said it. Um hey, I'm not sure how to pronounce uh your name. It's hard for me to read uh other uh forms of writing but thank you so much for the super chat. That is very nice of you. Uh you are awesome. Let's see. Uh thanks. Oh, Eugene from Etobicoke. Yeah, thanks Eugene. Um Mr. Bob, hoity-toity was awesome. Yeah. We don't use the word a lot but I I don't wanna say too much. There, I have a person in mind who is hoity-toity. There is someone I know maybe in my family who is hoity-toity. Uh Semra, thank you for your answer. No problem. Uh Brent says, when the US lost to Russia in the first game, I thought we were done for. I think one of the reasons America won, I'll be honest, I will hear I will be sportsmanlike. <laughs> one of the reasons America won is A, they were a better team and B, they had more challenging games on their way through their pools. I think um the American uh route to the final was a lot of the better teams. Um sorry if you guys played the Canadians and I feel like I'm being uh unsportsmanlike. I'm trying not to trash talk but I do think that um the Americans just they were refined on the way through and they were a better team in the end. Let's see. Thank you. There are so many words in English. Yes, Corey J. There are definitely a lot. Let me get the next question from the list. Um so Naruna, I'm gonna get this wrong. Hello, teacher Bob. My question is what is the difference 
what is the difference between practice and practice? Thank you. Have a good weekend. So, first of all, um I generally use practice with a C but practice can be a noun or a verb like I had hockey practice or I have to practice. In Canada, we have British spelling and American spelling. So, let me just look up so make sure I get this right. Let's see. Is it practice or practice in Canada? It just says we prefer to spell it with a C and that's probably why I don't know how to answer this well. Um it really depends what country you're in. In Canada, apparently, you can just spell it with a C and you're fine. So, we'll go with that. Hey, folks, let me turn off. Sorry, I have uh, too many things on the go here. Let me save that. So, I'm going to turn off members only mode. So, thank you once again to those of you who were members. Thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in the members only part of the live stream. That is awesome. Thank you very much. Um Oh, and by the way, if you're not sure how to become a member, there is a join button down below. It's not required. It's just something people do as a thank you to me uh and just to get a few extra perks on the channel but uh no worries. Uh let's see here. Madi says in the chat, can I say his English is impeccable or flawless? You could say both. You could say his English is impeccable or his English is flawless. You could say both. Like in the same sentence, you could say his English is flawless and impeccable but they mean kind of the same thing but you could say that if you wanted to as well. Let's see. Mehmet, do you have any festivals in Canada? Normally, yes, Mehmet. Normally, we have festivals in Canada. There are usually all kinds of festivals and celebrations year round. In fact, there is a festival near me in the winter where people have an outdoor festival even if it's really cold and it's at night and it's super fun. Um usually, we have the Canadian National Exhibition in Toronto in August which is a huge fair or festival. Um there are usually food festivals but right now, no. Right now, there are no festivals. I think we all know why. The world is kind of locked down a little bit. So, no festivals right now. Let's see here. Jolanta says, best wishes from the small European country of Lithuania. Thank you. Uh best wishes to you as well. I want to ask, what is usually written to a customer to apologize for interfering with an email to him? Um that's fairly specific but I would say anytime if you need to apologize, you want to say you're sorry and then you want to explain what you are sorry for. So, let's say I accidentally read a colleague's email on their computer. Okay. You shouldn't do that. I would say I just wanna take a moment to apologize. I'm sorry that I read the email on your computer and then you might wanna follow by saying I shouldn't have done that. So, true apologies include saying I'm sorry, stating what you did that was wrong and then maybe saying that you won't do it again or that you shouldn't have done it. So, let's take the example again of Um I borrow my brother's car and I drive it into a tree or was it a telephone pole? Whatever. That didn't happen but I would say to my brother, I'm sorry I drove your car too fast. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry I drove it into the telephone pole. So, that would be that'd be a good apology. Let's see here. Um let's see. Daniel. Daniel just says, 
Dear teacher Bob, I hope just I hope you and your family are safe. Wishing you all the best in the new year 2021 and same to you Daniel. Happy new year. I wish you all the best in 2021 as well and yes, we are relatively safe right now. We are home. I am working from home. Um things are not good in Ontario, Canada but I am definitely um safe. So, thank you for that. William, uh do you have any tips for those who will take the IELTS exam? Thank you. The biggest tip I would give is this is start practicing months in advance. Make sure you can buy practice kits that you can use to practice for those tests. Go on amazon.ca or go to a bookstore and see if you can buy a practice set. It will come with audio components. It will come with a workbook um and then certainly go on YouTube and do a search for mock IELTS test speaking or something like that. And just kind of try to get familiar with it. And then the last thing is don't forget most language tests have a reading, a writing, a speaking and a listening component. So, make sure you are studying all four areas. That is my recommendation for sure. Uh let me see here. Um let me get to the next question here. So, Ross Sisler. I think Ross Sisler is new. I think I was talking to you before the live stream in the chat maybe. Driving makes me nervous or to drive makes me nervous. I cannot understand the first form that is the correct form. In my language Portuguese, we use the infinitive. They're both right, okay? So, I could say to someone, oh, I don't wanna go to Toronto tomorrow because driving makes me nervous, okay? Um to say it more formally, you would say, I don't want to go to Toronto because to drive makes me nervous. So, the first one you are gonna hear more often. The second one, as far as I can hear, doesn't sound incorrect. You know, to read a lot of books is good for you. To drive makes me nervous. You will hear that just maybe in a slightly different way or at a slightly different time. Um like list the things that make you nervous and I would say, well, to drive make to drive on the highway makes me nervous. So, I'm gonna say this, uh, Ross Sisler. Driving makes me nervous is probably the most common way to say it. I don't think the second way is incorrect but I'm not sure you would hear it that often. Definitely, people will say things like reading makes me happy. Driving makes me nervous. Jumping makes me tired. (laughs) Walking makes me healthy. So, there you go. Let's see. Um so, this is another question about the IELTS. I do wanna pause and say Hi to the 640 people watching. If you're new here, please click that subscribe button and you will get notified when I do new lessons. Um and if you're unfamiliar with my channel, I do a short video English lesson every Tuesday and I do a live lesson every Friday. In fact, yesterday we did a lesson on the bathroom where I don't just teach vocabulary. I also teach phrases you would use to talk about that. Um and then I do this lesson every Saturday. Padma says, hi, Bob. Can you give me a daily English plan to prepare for IELTS in order to get 6.5 score? I've B, I have the B1 level. Thank you. So, I have a video called the best way to learn English, uh, Fatma. So, if you search for Bob the Canadian, the best way to learn English in my honest opinion. So, I, I don't think it's the best way but it's a good way and it outlines how to practice your reading, writing, listening and speaking and vocabulary building each week. Find that 
The other thing I would highly recommend is that you hire a tutor via Skype or uh FaceTime or something like that. Hire a tutor who specializes in preparing students for IELTS. Um I would recommend that to from the last question about IELTS. It's worth money to meet with someone for 30 minutes a week so that you have a tutor or coach to get you ready for that test. Um there's a website called Preply. There's actually a link in the description to the website Preply or Cambly or Italki. There are many options but finding a coach can be super helpful. Um it does cost money but it can be super super helpful. Uh Luis says, good morning, sir. Good morning, Luis. I would like to know the difference between be worth to or to be able to. Thanks. So, let's see. If something is worth doing like it was worth going to the store because there were a lot of things on sale. Um it simply means that it was a benefit to me, okay? For you, it's worth watching this live stream because hopefully it helps you learn a bit more English. So, when something is worth it to you or something is worth doing, it has value. Not money. It can be money but it has value to you. Um when you're able to do something, it simply means that you know how to do it. I'm able to drive a car. I'm able to teach English online. I'm able to go to the store. It just means that it's something that it's possible for you to do. So, let's see here. Next question. So, Zhao Wang from China says, hi, teacher Bob. Your lessons are very helpful. Thanks. Thank you very much, Zhao Wang. I wonder if when we talk about the amount of people, example, five people and five persons, which one is correct? Thank you. So, if I went somewhere and came home, Jen would say, how many people were there? And I would say, there were five people there. We don't often use persons. Like, I wouldn't say, how many persons? No, it sounds funny. How many people? Like, if I said to my class, we should get, we should make food. How many people want to go to the kitchen and make a traditional French dish? I would say people. So, five people might answer that question. Yes. How many people? Five people. Person, you know, there was one person there. There were five people there. Yeah. So, definitely we use person if there's one, right? I went to the store and there was one person there or I went to the store and there were five people there. There's the difference for you. Let's see here. Yolanda. Hi, Yolanda. Yolanda says, hi, Bob. What's the weather like in Canada? Well, it's cold now in my part of Canada. It was minus seven this morning Celsius. It's going to go up to two degrees Celsius today which I don't like and there is no snow, okay? There's no snow on the ground. There's little pieces of snow in some spots but I really wish it would snow. I really, really like snow in January. Uh let's see here. Um yes. So, I Yolanda, I just wish it would snow. So, it's cold-ish. Like, it's a little bit cold but normally, it's a bit colder. Um Marlon says, how to make speaking lessons a priority. So, Marlon, I I say this a lot and I know it's hard to do but if you can find an English speaking partner that you can pay. So, if you can go online on a website like Preply or Cambly or Italki or I think Hello Talk might have it as well. I'm not 100% sure. Um you might need to pay money. It's the one thing when you're learning a language um where spending some money gets you a lot of value. By the way, it would be worth it 
to hire a tutor. Even 30 minutes per week on Skype or Zoom or FaceTime would be very, very helpful. So, um, let's see here. Um, next question, kind of losing track here. It's almost been an hour, hasn't it? Um, so, Mikel from Uruguay. Hi, teacher Bob. Good to see you one more time. My question is, what is the correct way to use will and going to? Is there any rule for how to use this? So, in informal everyday English speech, we use them quite interchangeably. Like, um, um, I could say something like, I, yeah, I will, I will go to the store tomorrow. Um, I, I'm going to go to the store tomorrow. I will eat lunch later. I'm going to eat lunch later. I'm pretty sure we interchange them quite a bit. In fact, going to is probably the most common. If Jen said, are you eating lunch now? I would probably say, I'm going to eat eat lunch later. Um I'll eat lunch later. Yeah, they're probably equally interchangeable. Technically, they're slightly different grammatically. Um one refers to something that's happening soon and one is later but it we really don't follow that rule anymore. We just say, yeah, I'll go to the store tomorrow. Yep, I'm going to the store tomorrow. Let me get the next question. Um Rosie says, the expressions such as good night and how do you do are these ways of greeting and how can we use them properly in a real conversation? So, um generally, I use the phrase good night when I am leaving somewhere at night or just before I go to bed. I don't usually greet someone when I see them at night. So, if I went to a party When I got to the party, I would probably just say hi or hello or hey or how's it going. When I leave the party, I would say good night. Good night, everybody. I'm going home now. In our home, when our kids go to bed at night, they they come and they say good night. They say good night, dad, and I say good night. So, good night in my part of the English speaking world in Canada is used at the end of an evening. Um, let's talk about how do you do though. How do you do is not very common where I live as a greeting. It's definitely a greeting. It's not incorrect. When I go to work though and if I see a coworker or my boss, I rarely say how do you do? I usually just say, hey, how's it going? Um I've always, I always laugh at the um I shouldn't make fun of other English teachers but sometimes you're told not to say how's it going but It literally is the most common way for me to greet people in English. When I see someone, I usually say, hey, how's it going? I usually say, hey, in the beginning. Hey, how's it going? And the answer is usually pretty good. So, um, how do you do? Not as common in my part of Canada. Um, I would say people say things like, hi, hello, how are you? How's it going? Uh, Those are probably more common. Let's see here. So, Slava, hello, Bob. Thanks for your hard teacher's Thanks for your, I'm gonna just translate this as or interpret this as thanks for your hard work as a teacher, okay? Little fix there. What is the difference between think about and think of? So, when I think about someone or I think about something, so sometimes when I'm here, this is very romantic. Sometimes when I'm at work, I think about Jen. So, that means I have Jen on my mind and I wonder what she's doing and I look forward to seeing her later that day. So, I think about Jen. Um sometimes when I'm at work, I think about supper and I wonder what we're going to eat. So, in those cases, 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I say think of, because it can mean the same. Like sometimes at work, I think of Jen. That means the same thing. And I think of supper. I know I would say think about supper. Sorry, I'm struggling with this one, Slava. Um, I think I use the phrase think about the most, okay? Sometimes when I'm bored, I like to think about the book that I'm reading. Sometimes when I'm bored, I like to think about the last movie that I watched. Sometimes when I'm bored, I like to think of the last movie that I watched. I use think about quite a bit more often. So, sorry, not a great answer. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes Bob the Canadian doesn't give a good answer and then we're all sad. No, I'm sorry. We're not all sad. It just happens sometimes. Uh, Let's see here. Victoria, sometimes we mix words pronunciation between British and American English while speaking. Is it a mistake? So, I think your goal as an English learner when you speak English is to be understood and if you make small pronunciation errors or if you speak a mix of American and British English, I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think you should worry about that. I think your worry should be to try and speak clearly so people understand you. When I speak French, I can communicate well in French but I have this strange accent that's a little bit sounds like I learned French in France and a little bit like I learned French from in the province of Quebec. So, um it doesn't stop me from having really good conversations in French. So, it's tricky, eh? There are so many sources of English for you that sometimes it's hard and sometimes you learn one accent and then another. Let me just double check where we are on the questions. Oh, there are a lot of questions. I will not be getting through all the questions today but I think we had this question but I'll answer it again. Eugene from Etobicoke. Hi, Eugene. Also a member. Good morning, Bob. Is it easily is it easy to translate from English to French or French to English with song lyrics? Sometimes it's easy. If it's a good story like he was born in this city and he learned to play the guitar and he became a rock star, that's easy to translate. But if it's like um their love was like a flower blooming in the spring of 1920, I don't know. You can see what I mean though. If the if the song is very poetic, very hard to translate sometimes. Felix says, Hi, Bob. Thanks. What is the difference between video, clip, footage, and snippet? So, a clip and a snippet are both just little parts of a video, okay? So, when you watch my video, there's small clips. There's small snippets where I teach certain things. So, a video is something that's eight minutes long, an hour long, two hours long. The video refers to the whole thing and then a clip or a snippet is just a small part of it. Footage is something we use to describe um the video that you shot before you edit it. So, I go out and I shoot a lot of footage with my camera and then I come and edit the footage into a video. We also use the word footage to talk about when you're watching the news, you're seeing news footage. So, news footage would be the videos they show you from something that happened. So, hopefully that made some sense. There are slight differences but clip and snippet would be very very similar for sure. Uh let's see here. Um 
Sergey from Siberia, when do we use must have been? For instance, in this sentence, the way of living must have been simple. Is it the same to say the way of living must be simple? So, when you say must have been, it might be done, okay? So, you could say something like he must have been driving too fast, okay? He went in the ditch last night with the car. Oh, he must have been driving too fast. Um so that that action's done, right? He it's a, a a possible action in the past. He must have been driving too fast. But if I say he must yeah, the way of living must be he must be driving too fast. It means he's still driving. So, yeah, this is why it's hard for me to explain grammar live, but I think that made a little bit of sense for you. Thanks for uh the super chat, Eugene from Etobicoke. Uh now I know who you are. I will remember your uh avatar from now on. I'll try to memorize it, memorize it. So, Matthias, I'm gonna end on this question I think. So, Matthias says, I'm Matthias and I'm 14. Hi, Matthias. Can you speak a little bit about airport vocabulary? I'm going to Canada next year. So, I have a list of videos that I want to make. One video I wanna make is called learn English at the airport but the pandemic hit and I could never make it. So, um I don't have a good video to recommend to you, Mateus. Um I can't explain a lot about the airport right now. I do have a video called uh it's an old live stream where I teach about travel. So, if you search Bob the Canadian travel, you you will find a little bit about the airport there but basically, um the airport has the departures gate. It has the um don't even remember now. The arrivals gate um that you need a boarding pass to get on your plane. There are uh there are pilots that fly the plane and there are stewards that work on the plane. It's a little too much to explain all right here but Mateus, I think two things are awesome. One, you are young and you are learning English. Good job and two, it's cool to hear that you're coming to Canada next year. I hope wherever you are going in Canada, you have a good time and it's just a nice moment for you. Hey folks, don't forget that uh yesterday there was a lesson on the bathroom. You can go and watch that lesson later today or there will be a shorter version of it out uh later today tomorrow morning uh, that you can watch without the user comments. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for uh hanging out and learning a little bit of English. Sorry, I'm sorry if I didn't get to your question. That just happens sometimes. Uh a few thank yous. Thanks to Todd and Dave for moderating the chat. Thanks to Rod and uh Brent for being here. By the way, Rod has a video premiering in three minutes on his channel. Let me just do one thing here for a moment. Let me do something for my buddy Rod. Don't know what I'm clicking on now. Here is a link to Rod's video. I'm gonna put that in the chat. There we go. You should go watch that. Um did I thank everybody? Uh I don't know. Thanks to all my members. Thanks to Lolly Lolly and Madi and Semra and Sam the Taiwanese. I'm scrolling back to see who's all here. Julia is here. Corey J. Madi again. Madi gets thanked twice today. Thanks twice. Um scrolling back, scrolling back. Hopefully, I didn't miss anybody uh but thank you Bernadette. Thank you Annette. Thank you Brent from American English. Thanks all of you for being members. Uh Pavel uh and it goes on and on. So, thanks for being here. Um that's it. New video Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Uh if you don't know who I am, I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube. You should subscribe if you liked this lesson um and enjoyed it. Bye everybody.
Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.